Amen. Amen. I'm excited today about the Word of God. We're starting a new series today. The series is called I Connect. I Connect. It's about connecting to a healthy community. Today's subtitle is A Community of Light. I Connect, a community of light. We've got to understand, beloved, that connecting to a healthy community is essential for growth. Connecting to a, a healthy community is essential for growth. We have to not only develop our serving skills during this time, but I also believe that we've got to evaluate and develop our community. We've got to evaluate and develop those that we're in connection with. We all see it all the time. There's a professional athlete that he's making a whole lot of money or she's making a whole lot of money doing some great things, but the people that they're connected with seem to get them in trouble. And so one day they're up here, the next day they're down here because their friend group or their connections, their community wasn't the right community. We see that on a college campus all the time. Young people go to college and sometimes their GPA is real low because the first thing that they're trying to do is get a community of people that they can do this life with together. But it's important. And the statistics show it all the time that in college, if you have the right friend group or the right community, you can actually graduate in four years. But if you fail to do that, you will struggle. Community is essential for our growth. And so we got to understand that. And we're going to look at 1 John chapter 1, which is going to be our text for today. Uh, 1 John chapter 1 will be the base out of this series. We'll look at other scriptures. But we, as we talk about this thing called community and connecting to community, we're going to see what the gospel or, or the writer John has to say about it. So if you would turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter number 1, and we'll read the first seven verses. 1 John chapter number 1. We'll read the first seven verses. It says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you for this time. We thank you. We praise you, Holy Spirit, that you're moving even now right where we are and teaching us and instructing us your word. So we bless you, God. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I connect a community of life. We understand that man was not created to be alone. Genesis teaches us that, that, that God created Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He said, let us make man in our image. And so even in their unity, their community, their unity, they created man. We also, he says, when he created Adam, he said, it's not good that man should be 
alone. And so we've got to understand that man was not created to be alone. That's why we don't like being alone. You think about it. We, when we're alone, we, we're like, hey, I'm, I'm by myself. I don't like that. Some of us are itching now. We seem like we've been cooped up in the house. We want to get out and get with our friends, get with our community, get with our boyfriend, our girlfriend, whatever the case may be, even risking our own health because that's what we want to do. We don't like being alone. We don't like being by ourselves. But not only do we not like being alone, we don't like being lonely. So we got to realize that, too, that you can be with other people. You can be married and be lonely. Uh, you can be in a family and be lonely. You could be in a, at a school and be lonely. You can be in a church family and be lonely because although there are people there, there are bodies there, there's really no community. There's really no fellowship there. And so we see that we don't like being alone and we don't like being lonely because God did not create us to be that way. We got to understand that as God made family, we don't choose the family that we're in. You know, we realize this today. We don't choose the family that we're in. Your parents are your parents. Whether they were light-skinned, dark-skinned, short, tall, whatever the case may be, your parents are your parents. You didn't choose them. You were just born into your family. And we got to understand that it took two people for you to get here. It took a male and a female for you to get here. But whether you know those two people well, whether you like those two people well, it doesn't really matter. We know that it took those two people, not just one, but two people to get you here. It took a community to get you here. And we're reminded of the African proverb that says it takes a village to raise a child. Some of us who have children really realize that today, that you needed mama to kind of watch your child or you needed a neighbor to help you out to raise your child. But the word we got to focus in there is raise because it only took two people to have you born, but it's going to take a whole lot more people to get you raised. <laughs> so some of us, we're in infancy because we don't have the right people around us and we haven't been raised. If we're going to mature, we've got to have a community to help us to mature. Other, likewise, we got to take notice that we don't get to choose who's in the family or the body of Christ. For those of us who are saved, God saved us by his own grace. He sovereignly chose us. We didn't necessarily ultimately choose him. We confessed him and gave our life to him, but he chose us before the foundations of the world. But we don't get to choose who's saved. I don't get to say only the white people or only the black people or only the people that I like and only people who have personalities that jive with mine get to be saved. No, we don't get to choose, but it's the community, it's the body, it's the family of God that he has given us. And so if we want to be raised to maturity, we've got to understand that we've got to be connected to, connected to a healthy community. Even look at Jesus. Jesus, when he called his disciples, he called his apostles. He didn't just call one person. He didn't say, okay, Peter, you be my disciple. No, he called 12 people. He called 12 people who were messed up. He called 12 people who were jacked up. He called 12 people who had issues all in their life, and he called them to be a community of believers. It wasn't just one person. You know, I'm trying to keep this simple. I just got to have my one person. No, he said, I need a community. He called 12 people, 12 broken people that he called to operate in community. And so we got to understand that we're going to have this community or the Greek word koinonia or this fellowship, which we hear this word even in our text. If we're going to have that intimacy, if we're going to have that maturity, that into me you see, if we're going to have that, we've got to have a true community of life because we got to understand that following Jesus is better in community. It's hard to follow Jesus by yourself you got to have community to follow Jesus. If you want to fulfill the will of God for your life, 
It's better to do that in community. It's hard to fulfill the will of God in your life all by yourself because God didn't create it that way. He said that we've got to be connected to community. Somebody say connected to community. In our text, John is writing, and I love John because John writes historically because he was writing to the church a few years after the church had been born and the church was growing and moving, and he writes back because uh, he loved the church. And we got to realize John was one of the apostles. He was uh, the one that they say that whom Jesus loved. He was very close to Jesus. So not only does he write a little bit historically after the church has, has moved for a while, but he also writes to the church from a personal perspective. And I love it because his, his insight is, 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 is great for us to take. But he writes almost like a corporate letter. He's like, you know, I'm an authentic apostle. I, I know what this thing is about. I'm writing you a letter from, like, headquarters telling you what I know. See, he wasn't writing something that he saw on Twitter. He wasn't writing something that he heard on Twitch or Periscope. He wasn't writing something that he saw on Facebook. He tells us in the first few verses, he says, I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you what I've seen with my own two eyes. I'm telling you what I, what I heard with my own two ears, and I'm telling you what I handled. See, because Jesus Christ, eternal life himself, was manifested in front of me. It was, and I handled him. I, I touched him. I saw him. So this information that I'm giving you so that your, your joy can be full, I'm not telling you this uh, by something that I got someplace else. I'm telling you this exactly what I know. Believe me when I tell you this. Because the church at this time, they were struggling with false prophets. They were struggling with false doctrine. And he's trying to get things cleaned up. He says, let me tell you about this real Jesus. Let me tell you about what he was really like. Let me tell you about what the community, this church, is really all about. He says that if you want to have fellowship with us, if you want to have community with us, you want to be a part of the body, you got to understand that the community is with the Father and it is with the Son. So my major point that I want to make here is for us to understand is that our community, your community that you build and develop, the father and son are central to our community. The father and son are central to our community. John is right. He's saying, listen, if you want to be attached to us, the church, you got to realize that you're going to be attached to the father and you're going to be attached to the son. It's like if you're getting married, you have to understand and appreciate you're not only marrying the person, the woman or the man, you're marrying their family that comes with them. So you got to take the in-laws, you got to take the mother-in-law, the father-in-law, you got to take their sisters, their brothers. If they got children, you get them too. You don't just get to leave the children someplace else. No, you have to marry the family. And so what you got to understand is that when you have a, a friend group or when you have a community that you're evaluating and developing, you need to let that friend group know that when you have fellowship with me, you have fellowship with the father and fellowship with the son because they come with me. You know, sometimes when, when a single parent is starting to uh, date somebody, you know how it is, you want to go and date someone, you met somebody new, you keep your child, you know, a, a secret for a while because you don't know that person. And so you don't just go ahead and bring that person around your child and trying to be all lovey-dovey. Hey, you got to have some wisdom. You got to realize that these folks, you don't know who they are yet, so you need to keep your precious child away from them for a while until they prove themselves. But John is saying, yes, I want you to do the exact opposite. I want you to tell folk right now up front that if you're going to be in fellowship with me, the father and the son come with me. So if you can't handle the father and the son, this not going to work because our true fellowship, my true fellowship, my true community starts, is rooted and founded in Jesus Christ and the father. 
it's important for us to understand that we got to establish that from the very get-go, that the Father and the Son are central to our community. And why is that important? We're going to bring it down a little bit further. I remember when I started uh, dating my wife, we went on our first, um, said I call it non-date. See, because my wife didn't want to use the word dating, so she wanted to say we were going on a non-date. But I thought when I came to your house and I pick you up and I take you somewhere, that to me is a date. But in her mind, you know, that's not a date. So, so I don't get in trouble. Let's just go ahead and say we went on our first non-date. And I wanted to take her to a nice restaurant, so I started asking some friends about where I should go. And I have a friend who's Italian, or part Italian, he said, well, there's this nice Italian restaurant. So I know that I was going to go to this Italian restaurant. See, because you always go to restaurants where the, peop the authentic people themselves will go, right? When you go to a Chinese restaurant, ask the Chinese family or friends that you know, where do you go? That's the place you want to go, because you know that, that the food's going to be good. So I had it all set up that I'm going to this Italian restaurant. And so I'm driving her, and she's in the car, and of course, on her first date, she doesn't know me real well. You know, hey, this is Minister, Minister Cyrus and all, but she don't know me real well. We had talked, whatever. So she's holding on to, you know, the thing on the side. I'm just driving. You know, she's holding on real tight. We're having, like, conversation. And I pull up in the parking lot of this restaurant. Here's this restaurant. I'm excited because I know the food's going to be good. The ambiance is going to be good. And she says to me, where are we going? And I said, well, we're going to this restaurant. She says, I don't want to go here. I said, well, why not? She said, it's too dark in there. <laughs> she said, it's too dark. And, and I, I, can't, I can't go in there with you because it's, it's too dark. In other words, I need to go someplace where there's some more light. And so this gets to my major point, number two, that our community must be a community of light. <laughs> See, our community must be a community of light. It must have light. See, my wife wasn't going someplace with somebody she ain't know in the dark. <laughs> You don't know what's going to happen. You may say it's a nice restaurant and all, but you're going to have to take me someplace else. You're going to have to take me where there's more people around, where there's more light around, because I, I, I don't know you. She wasn't doing dark. She let me know up front, hey, listen, you won't be with me. You can't do this dark stuff. This dark ain't going ain't gonna to work for me. You might be dark and dark skin, and I love dark skin, but listen, as, as a place and as an atmosphere and culture, we ain't doing dark. And we got to take a lesson from that. So if our community not only is going to have God, we got to understand that our community has to be a community of light. Why is that? Because John tells him in verse number five, he says this, this is the message which we received, right, and heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. So John is saying, let me tell you something about fellowship with God that he is light, and he doesn't do dark at all. <laughs> that God is complete light, and in him, there's no darkness. So our community must be a community of light. And we got to understand what light is. Light means to shine or make manifest or to make known. Also, it means that it's life. Because you know when you have light, you have energy. Light is an energy source. That means you have life. That's what it says, that you have the life of God. You have the source of God, that he's our sustainer, that he's our energy. He's the one that illuminates. That's what light is. But he says in him there's light and there's no darkness at all. And let's talk about what darkness is. Darkness is shadiness. Darkness is obscurity. Darkness is ignorance. So in God there's light, but there's no darkness. See, how many times we got people around us that they shady? How many times we got people around us that, that they're ignorant, that they, they do stuff in the dark, they, they're undercover, they're obscure. He said, in, in God, there is no darkness. John writes in his, his, his gospel, he says this in chapter 12, verse 46. He says, I have come as light into the world. 
that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Jesus said, I come that you could have light and not abide in darkness. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 6 says this, For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So it's God who made light to shine out of darkness so that we can see something. So let's look at what light shows us. One thing that light shows us and why Jesus was manifested was to expose the state of our fallen condition, the state of our fallen condition. You ever met somebody and said, you know, and they talk to you, they say, you know, I've been in a dark place. <laughs> I've been in a dark place in my life or, you know, I'm going through depression and we describe it as a dark place. But if we're honest, we got to realize that we all come from a dark place. <laughs> Some of us come from a dark place of pride. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We're so proud that it caused us to be in a dark place because our relationships don't last. Some of us come from a dark place of promiscuity. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We were here. We were there. We were everywhere. And it left us empty. Even though we had people with us, our place was so dark that it left us empty. Some of us have a dark place of fear. We're afraid of our own shadow. We're afraid to fail. We're afraid to have success. We're just afraid to even make a move. And that's a dark place. We come from a dark place. Some of us come from a place of jealousy, that we're jealous of this one and we're jealous of that one. We've come from a dark place. And light illuminates. It illuminates the sickness that's in our bodies. It illuminates the sickness that was in our soul. It shows us that we come from a dark place. And the reality for, for some of us is we like dark places because it helps us hide our insecurities. We'd rather folk not turn the light on because I don't want you to see who I really am. I don't want you to see what I'm really made of. I don't want you to see that I'm really insecure in my own personal self. So I keep you in the dark. I, I stay in the dark. I move undercover. As my son likes to say, I move in silence. I, I move by myself because I don't want to be exposed. I don't want no light around me. We like darkness, but he says in God, there is no darkness. Our community has to have light. So when Jesus came, he came to expose some things. And he didn't just expose us for being broken. He didn't just expose us for, for needing help and salvation. That was part of it. But the good part of it, the gospel part of it, is that he exposed us to the glory of the Father. He's shown in our hearts that not only are there issues of life that, that we all have, but that there's a great God who's bigger than our issues. Can I get some help and hear somebody? He says, I've got to show you the beauty and the holiness of God. And so when Jesus came, we were able to see the expressed image of God. We were able to see that he's a holy God, that he's a righteous God, that he's a faithful God, that he's a beautiful God, that he's radiant to even look at. I mean, he's just so lovely. He's, he's majestic. He's pure. All things that we're not. He is. All the things that we need, he isn't. And we weren't in the dark about that anymore because when Jesus came, we could actually see it because we saw it in him. The light was on. We can see that. There's a beautiful God. There's a great God, not just a, a God people talk about, but he's real. He's tangible. And he's not only tangible, but he's accessible to us. And that not only was he beautiful, but he's also powerful. And this is where the message gets real good because a community ought to have some power. And if you get a community that has no power, you need to get out that community and find a community that has some power. Because God's community, a fellowship with the Father and the Son has power. Because not that only does he leave me jacked up, right? He's able to heal me. He's got the power to heal my issues. He's got the power to heal me of my pride. 
He's got the power to heal me of my insecurities. He's got the power to heal me, heal me of my jealousy. He's got the power to heal me of my sickness. But not only can he heal me, he can also deliver me. Come on in here, somebody. I've been delivered because he had the power to deliver me from some stuff. He can deliver me from fornication. He can deliver me from homosexuality. He can deliver me from uh, pornography. He can deliver me from lying. He can deliver me from cheating. He can deliver me from whatever I need to be delivered from. He can, one, heal me, and two, deliver me. And I can see this in Jesus Christ. This is what he's telling them. We got to have the light to be able to see what God can do. And I'm glad about this Thursday. Not only could he heal me, not only could he deliver me, but the Bible says he could also save me. <laughs> and so he got the power to save me. And so no longer when the light is here am I in the darkness thinking I'm never going to get up out of this. I can't see my way out of this. Come on and hear somebody. But when the light comes, we can see, yeah, I'm jacked up. But I look at him and say, oh, he's more than enough. He's the guy that's able to do all things, stuff I can't even see or imagine. He is because he's that beautiful, but I can see it now. I can see it now. I have vision now. I have clarity now. My eyesight not be 20-20, but I can start to see better than I could see last week because I have the light on. Somebody say, I have the light on. Our community must be a community of light. Too many of us, we have a community, and there's no light in our community. If you're on your job and you know people are in the dark, they don't know what's going on, they have no clue what's going on, why are you hanging with them? You're not going to make any progress hanging with people who have no clue. I'm here to help somebody. If your friends are clueless, where are y'all going? Jesus said the blind can't lead the blind. Somebody got to have some light. And so we got to get to a community to, to, to wear itself some light. People not afraid of the light. We got to get a community of light. Jesus is saying this. He's, John's telling the people, he said, in him there's light and no darkness at all. So true community, true fellowship has light. And so my encouragement to you is to make sure that your community has light. If your friends don't got any light, if, you, if, if God can't give you the light through it, you need to move and find a community that's not afraid of the light. Because in him, if he's going to be with you, there's going to be some light. It's going to get lit up. It's going to be light. And there's going to be some exposure. Because everything that exposes is light. We got to have some light. We move on. He's telling them about this light. And I'm reminded of the show 90 Day Fiance. I don't know how I started watching. I was tuning in. I saw this 90 Day Fiance. And... There's this lady on there now doing this episode where she's looking for this guy in another country, and he's this muscular guy, and, and she met him on, on social media, and they've been talking back and forth. But she has adult children, and her adult children have been trying to tell her for the longest time, Mom, he ain't real. Mom, he's not real. He's showing you all these pictures, he's talking to you, and they did some investigating and found out the man don't even live in the country he said he lived in. He, lives, he actually lives someplace else. And, and it is this, this thing called he's catfishing you. He's, he's, he's showing you this great picture, and he's doing all this because he's trying to reel you in. You've been catfished. And, and many of us, if you're on social media, you realize that you can put anything on social media. You can put stuff out there that, that's not even real because you can draw people in. You can put your best pick out there. You can put the fake eyelashes, the fake hair. You can tell fake stories, fake information. You put all kind of fake stuff out there to get people to tune into you, to get people to like you. 
But the reality is, it's not real. It's, and I'm here to tell many of us, many of our communities, we've been catfished into our communities. We've been catfished into a community that's just not real. You, you, you're hanging around a friend group that's fake. You're hanging around a church group that's fake. They ain't real. It, 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 you've been catfished. You've been sold something, but when you start peeling off the layers, you realize it really is not what you, you thought it was. People told you that they were all that and they were about this or they were about that, but once you started to press in a little bit further, you found out that it was fake. They, they, they're not who they said they were, and you get disappointed, you get disenfranchised. But I'm here to tell you that there's hope for you because the community's got to have light, and in light, part of that light is truth. And so we got to understand John, 1 John 1 and 6, he says this. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Our next major point is this. Our community of light must practice the truth. Our, our, our community of light must practice the truth. See, we can't just say we know the truth, but we've got to actually practice the truth. In other words, God's desires of truth have to become our desires of truth. We've got to start seeing things the way that he sees it and not just the way that we want to see it. See, because the light helps us to see reality for what it really is. See, we got to shine some light on some stuff because we got to be able to see things for what they really are. Too many of us have been catfished and we're stuck in our lives. We're not moving forward in our lives because our community ain't helping us get to where God wants us to, to be taken. We've got to understand this thing called truth. Light goes with truth, and truth goes with light. Psalms 119.105, we hear this. The psalmist says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So his word is a lamp. His word is a light to my path. And then John, he writes in, in the Gospel of John 17 and 17, he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So it's the word of God that's truth for us. And we've got to understand that. Because a community that does not practice truth will not last long. So you wonder why communities break up. Because if there's no truth in the community, it's not going to last long. And this is where I, I want to take us. Remember Jesus in John chapter 13. He, he was getting ready to go and to be taken up on the cross. And he was dealing with his disciples at the, at the feast. And this is where he washes their feet. And he's talking about them. He's talking about cleansing them and how important they are as a community to him. But then he says something that's very powerful. He says, but I'm not talking about all of you. Now imagine this. You in a tight group of a community, you're sitting around with Jesus, and Jesus says, one of you is about to betray me. That's something. You think about that. You're in your group, and somebody stands up and says, one of y'all is getting ready to betray me. Or one of y'all ain't right. Somebody in here fishy. This is, this is what he said. And he was talking about this one individual. And then, and then so Peter is looking around at, at John, because this is John who's writing now. He was close to, to, to Jesus. John was sitting right next to him. Peter looks at him and says, ask him. Ask him. Who's he talking about? Everybody's wanting to know, was it me? Was it me? Was it me? He says, ask him. And so I want to encourage us that you got to push in for the truth. So if, if you want to get to the truth, you got to push for the truth. The truth ain't always going to come to you like that. You got to press in. And this is what they were saying. They said, you got to ask him. And so they, they had the audacity to ask Jesus. They said, Jesus, well, who is it? <laughs> you sitting around, somebody in here, a snake, somebody in here, get ready to betray me. You trying to find out, well, who's he talking about? And they asked Jesus, Lord, who is it? 
And Jesus says, the one that I'm getting ready to dip my bread into and who I give it to, that's who it is. And the Bible says that he dipped his, his bread or his sop into to, uh, the wine and he gave it, he gave it to Judas. And so they understood that it was Judas that he was talking about. And the Bible says that right after that, Satan entered Ju Judas and that, that he got up and he left and he went out into the night. And here's what we got to understand. You got to have a community that can handle the truth. <laughs> See, I remember that movie where, where Jack Nicholas says, you want the truth? <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> and sometimes we're in a community that just can't handle the truth. That's why we don't say nothing, because we're afraid that we're going to break people with the truth. <laughs> but we got to have a community. See, because they asked Jesus, Jesus, tell us who it is. He said, well, you all want the truth? Okay, I'm going to give you the truth. Because if you're going to have a true community that's going to last, if you're going to have a true community that's going to actually be around, if you're going to have some people in your life that, that it can help you get from part A to point B, you got to have some people that can handle truth. The truth is I messed up. The truth is I had an adulterous affair. The truth is I stole some money. Can I recover from this? I hope I can, but the truth is I ain't all you thought I always was all the time. But if you can't handle the truth, you're not going to be able to move forward. And Judas couldn't handle the truth because he ain't like the light. See, as soon as the light came on, Judas left and went into darkness. And that's how some people are. As soon as you turn the light on in the community group, you start talking about some things. People can't handle it. People start to shut down. People start to break down because they can't handle the truth. But I'm here to tell you that if you're going to get somewhere in life, if you're going to get somewhere in God, you have to be able to handle the truth. And so as you're evaluating your community, you got to have a community of truth. Come on, y'all. We got to live in light. We can't sit here and pretend like stuff not bothering us when we know deep down on the inside it's bothering us. We can't pretend like grandma's death's not bothering me when grandma's death's really bothering me. You're, you're going through grief. You got to be able to deal with I'm grieving. That's the truth. Pretending like you are right and just getting up to go to work the next day and thinking things are going to go away ain't going to help you. You got to have a community that can say to you, bruh, you need to take some time to be able to grieve what's going on in your life. Bruh, listen, I know she cute, but she ain't good for you. See, if you don't got some people in your life that are going to sit there and tell you, listen, I know she's fine. I know she talks sweet to you. But guess what? She ain't good for you. I saw the last two boyfriends she just ran through. I'm telling you, come on and hear somebody. I'm trying to tell you the truth. If your community cannot handle the truth, you're going to stay stuck. You've got to have a community that deals with truth. Somebody shout truth in here. <laughs> You got to be able to handle the truth because a transforming community insists on the truth. John 8, 12, he says this, then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I'm closing on this. I want to encourage somebody today. Don't you dare walk in darkness. <laughs> Jesus did not come so that we can stay ignorant and walk in darkness. Jesus didn't come so that we can stumble and bumble and fumble around in life. He came and became the light of life so that there's hope for us today in here. There's hope for us in my life so that we don't have to live in darkness, but we can actually have life. Anybody want to live a life? I'm talking about life. I don't want to just wake up every day, walk into a building, and come out of a building, and go back and do the same thing the next day. That ain't life. So that's, that's a job. Somebody needs to have a job and a life. 
Come on in here, somebody. We got to have a life. I want to live. I want the energy of God. I want the sustaining power of God to, to move me in my life. And so I've got to have a fellowship with him. I've got to walk with God. I've got to walk in the truth with God. But I also need a community. Can you be a community for us? Can we have a church that's a community of light? So that when, when the lights are on, people can see that, hey, I got issues, but people can also see that there's a God that's bigger than my issues. Can we have a community of light where, where the drunk can come in the door and say, yeah, I may have some issues, but we can love that person long enough until they can have a relationship with Jesus Christ for themselves and, and got to realize that the pain that's happening on the inside of them, that God can even get to that pain. That pain that happened 30 years ago with the tragic loss of a spouse or something that you're still drinking the bottle for, I'm here to tell you that God will get to that place but you got to have a community I want some believers that can walk through some stuff we can't have mamsy pamsy believers that can't handle the light as soon as the light comes on they scatter like cockroaches no we got to stay right where we are we got to be able to go through because this is the community and what John was telling them that Jesus is light and there's no darkness in him but we can handle the light and we can handle the truth. And so there's deliverance in the house today. There's healing in the house today because we have a community of light. We can see the Father. I pray that you see the Father today, right where you are. You can see the Father. You can see the provision that he's made through his son, Jesus Christ. We can see the life that Christ died for and nothing less. We can see the hope that can only be found in Christ Jesus. <laughs> he closes out here at verse 7. He said, if we walk in the light as he is light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we got to have a community of light. That's what this is about. So as a musician plays, I'm going to pray for you. That's of the enemy. We're a community. You're with me. I'm with you. But, but we're with him. And he gives us light. He gives us energy. He gives us the source and sustaining power to get through it. It's okay. Even during this COVID season, some of us, we're going through some hard times. Yeah, I know it's hard. I've had to have a friend give me money because I was rolling pennies to pay my rent. I've been there before. But I had to let him in. I had to actually take the $100 from him. As proud as I was, as much as I did not want to do that, I had to do that. I had to let the community that God had given me work to get me to where I am. So it's okay. If somebody's got to put some gift cards in your hand, it's all right. It's okay. I know it's not your fault, but God's going to bring you through. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. 
There's a God who loves you. There's a community, a true community, because in him there's light and no darkness at all. And in there's hope. And he cleanses us from our sin. <laughs> he cleanses us from our sin. We don't have to stay this way. This ain't a, a community that stays broke and all we do is sit around and talk about how broke we are. This is a community that's loving God. It's a community that's serving, even in our brokenness. And we're being healed as we walk along the journey because there's light. There's no pretense. Keep it real in a community of light. Father, I bless you right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that as you're helping us to connect, God, you're helping us to shape and develop our community according to the community that you've established. In you, there's light. God, so we turn on the lights today. We look to you today. We allow you to shine in our hearts. God, help us not to be alone and help us not to be lonely, but help us to, to embrace the community. We can't always pick and choose our community, but the community you give us, allow us to embrace it. Allow us to push each other for truth. Allow us that we can be healed. We can be delivered and saved. And we thank you for community. We connect today. I connect today to a community of life. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. God bless you. There may be somebody here as we're wrapping up today that needs the Lord Jesus. If you've never confessed him as Savior, now's the time. Now's the time for true fellowship with the true God, the true community. If you want to give your life to the Lord, just repeat this prayer with me to say, Jesus, I confess my sin. I've missed the mark. But I realize today that you died for me. I give you my life. Be Lord of my life. And I will follow you all the days of my life. I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen.